Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's up, weirdos? This is just a, uh, a wonderful episode with my friend uh, Mike Birbiglia coming back, but this time in the studio. So we got to listen to the uh, episode as it was unfolding through our earphones, which I think gives it a different feel. Last time uh, Mike and I sat down was in his uh, hotel room, which of course was wonderful. And just like last time, Mike wraps it up. That's like my favorite thing about this is we hit an hour and a half and Mike's like, it's long enough. It's long enough. Continuing the legacy of the self-editing Birbiglia, rarely seen in these parts. Uh, Mike came on partly to uh, chat, but also to promote his uh, special, uh, his album and his DVD special, which is amazing. It's called My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. It's on iTunes now. It's wonderful. We discuss in this episode how wonderful it is. But check it out and uh, perhaps purchase it, perhaps for the holidays, or perhaps just because every day is a you a day and you want to buy yourself something special because you love yourself. I, I can't I can't accurately predict what you're up to. Anyway, so Mike is great. Uh, we have an, another official sponsor. So Mike is great, but we do have another sponsor. An official sponsor of this episode is uh, the Inside Lewin Davis uh, movie, which is so cool. We're plugging a Coen Brothers movie, Inside Lewin Davis. It's a story of a young folk singer navigating the Greenwich Village folk scene in 1961. Written and directed by four-time Academy Award-winning filmmakers Joel and Ethan Coen. I love these guys. Of course, you probably love them as well starring oscar isaac fella from drive huh right there huh right there i'm already on board i can't wait for this movie carrie mulligan uh john goodman garrett heedland heedland garrett heedland and uh jt drums justin timberlake drums I hope at some point in the movie he goes, drums, and drums just start playing. But go check it out, Inside Lewin Davis. It's coming out, uh, wait, Select Cities? Where do, oh, it's now playing. It's already out. <laughs> it's already out. It's now playing in Select Cities, which actually means I'm going to go see it, and you should too. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. And uh, enjoy enjoy Mike Birbiglia, and uh, enjoy the Pete Holmes show. It's on After Conan. Go to PeteHolmes.com for more details. And in the meantime, enjoy uh, Making It Weird for a second time with Mike. Mark Finiglia, Mike Birbiglia. You know I don't. You know you shouldn't talk. We shouldn't talk before recordings. What I should have said was muffins. <laughs> what you should have said was nothing. Get it? Yep. That actually works. Is this for me? Yeah. Oh, this thanks. is for you. Here, I'll toss it. Bingo! You brought a gift for Katie. I know. We had a special thing last time. Remember last episode? Katie was a huge part of it. Ooh, watch as I check if I'm in the thanks. I'm not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's just Ira Glass. Is it really? The special thanks to Ira Glass and all the theaters around the world. That's it. Act one. Yeah. Let's do Ira Glass impressions. Can you do one? Act one. The next, um... What I should have said... The story's told by, um... Was muffins. By, uh... <laughs> were you recording? Yes, of course. Because, well, the thing about Ira that's kind of funny is, um... He always, he always has to introduce me to his audience, because his audience is this kind of vast public radio audience. He'll always go, like, uh... <laughs> this next, um... This next writer's, um... He's a comedian. Not, not, the, not a sort of famous comedian, but a, the, kind of, the kind of comedian that, that performs it. At, at, at clubs and, uh, and theaters around the country, and uh, you don't a sort know of, a sort of working comedian you yeah. haven't heard of. And, Act uh, one, the unknown comic. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
there's always this like wild preface of who, who I am. I just I'm, I just want to apologize um, before we begin uh, about uh, this next performer, and uh, it's Mike Ber- Mike Berbiglia. Today we bring you stories of people you haven't heard of. It's not bad. This impression. Oh, I don't do impressions. That's your thing. Oh, you're saying yours isn't bad? Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh God. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I didn't realize you were complimenting yourself. I didn't know that's the point. That was the, the depth we had reached. Complimenting yourself. Up front. Stories about masturbation. It's, it's getting worse. No, I think it's pretty good. It, it often gets worse. Do you know Daniel, uh, Timothy Levitch? Timothy Speed Levitch? No. You didn't see the movie uh, The Cruise? No. It's good. Yeah? You should watch it. It's about New York. It's about a guy who does double-decker bus tours of New York, and he's kind of like an eccentric. He is an eccentric, but he's very smart. Wow. And has like lots of weird facts about the city. Oh, I would love that. And he talks like this. 23rd Street to your left. It sounds like I'm being like, homo- he's not gay. Yeah. It sounds like I'm being like making fun of an effeminate person, but that's how he speaks. Yeah. 23rd Street, where Edgar Allan Poe finally penned the words, enough is enough, and ordered his 14th martini. Wow. It's like an excellent impression. Is that, can I go on the actual tour? Uh, you can't anymore because that movie. This is what happened, Mike. He got so popular from the tour. He got from, popu- the from the movie, made him popular. But then he kind of blew up, and then I think he kind of went away for a bit. And last I checked, he has like a like a Netflix original series or a Hulu original series wow. where he goes around and does tours of cities. Right, good idea, right? Yeah. But I think what he probably wouldn't have wanted to happen to him has kind of happened, where he was. Network noted into some because he was like he looked like he was on heroin. You, you know, know what I mean? You know, or actually, something. I heard about this guy. You know that he has the um, he has the slot after Conan on TBS. <laughs> they just gave it to him like this morning. <laughs> Do you know that's? Oh no, you were on that slot, and then they give it to that guy. They just welcome to the midnight slot. I'm Timothy Speed Lavich replacing. Who cares? You just, I spit on you. you. Just spit in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Which is what you've been metaphorically doing to these listeners all these years. Oh, Mike, it's good to have you on. <laughs> I want to preface by Thanks saying... Thanks for being here. I, I was being a sharpshooter right there, and I want, to yeah, start sure. by, I want to start by saying, last time I was on the show, one of my favorite visits to a podcast ever, um, there were comments, some people got that I'm, break, oh, I'm breaking Pete's balls, this. and then he's breaking my balls, and then some people don't get it, and they're like, why is Mike mean? Why is yeah. he a dick? And it's like, yeah. no, Pete and I are, I'm, let me preface this by saying, Pete and I are really close friends. Real I, friends. I love him. Okay. I don't, I don't like him. I love him. There it is. Uh, we. I was going to drink. We, I, I, yeah, I, okay. we spend a lot. <laughs> you're going to take some time off while I, <laughs> while I eulogize you while you're living? I'd love to be. I'd love yeah, to be I know. a witness. I know. Oh, I know we've talked basically, about this before. Basically, yeah. I've I, that's I've designed my whole life to kind of be alive while I'm dead. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. No, it's not. It's a smart crazy. narcissistic play. Um, the oh, but you want but, and I want people to know that that's our relationship we, and that you're not being mean. Not not only is it a, I like him, yeah. like let's say a Mark Marin might say. Yeah, I like I like Pete. Right, I like Pete. Kind of right, a dis, right, a right, qual- right. A disqualifier. Right, or uh, a qualifier. I love Pete. Yes, there you go. Love. And you listen to the show. Listen to the show. Which I think wins you even more points with, with the weirdos because you're a weirdo. Yeah. I, so, so when I'm joking, guys, I'm joking. It's I'm all just, just having jokes. fun. Do you have any – can you do the one where you – I think – did you text it to me? You said, I can finally watch your show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can finally watch your TV show because I got TBS too. 
I finally, and then, I got the deuce. Then you said I got the deuce. I my, finally signed my, up my, my for new, the deuce. My new cable package gets the deuce. <laughs> <laughs> I honest, this is you know what's honest. I don't know why we didn't have you on the first season. You oh, because you live in New York. Yeah, you know what's so funny. I about just had to put it together. <laughs> I know it's fine. They, they, you no, know I know. So, I didn't mean to do. I wasn't doing that. Oh, okay. I'm assuming you're upset that you're, that wasn't what I was doing. <laughs> like when people go like. Uh, I, I can't. I can't come to your show. Like, don't assume that I want you to come to the show. You yeah, know what I mean? True. It's condescending. So true. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Um. You know what's funny about it? It, it? it dovetails this thing of when we were breaking each other's balls on the last episode of our of the podcast yes. that we did together. It dovetails into my show, my tour that I'm touring with right now is called Thank God for Jokes, and it's literally about this idea because I make all these what, jokes. Which, which idea? I make. Oh, the I idea. make these jokes at the expense of my wife and my my parents and. My brother Joe and uh, and then a bunch of other people I won't reveal who are in the stories, but mm-hmm. like I really like, I kind of go there with some of these stories and they're really kind of awkward, painful, ridiculous stories where I'm in some sometimes insulting people on purpose, sometimes accidentally insulting people, yeah. and dealing with the ramifications of that. Yeah. And uh, and then, but I talk about really how it's um. It's because I love these people. Yeah, I don't. I don't make jokes about people I don't love. I'm going to tell you something, Mike. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Which this is one of the worst things. Somebody that is somewhat close in my life, uh, kind of like a childhood friend. Let's say that. Not not like a super close childhood yeah. childhood friend, but almost like a childhood friend. And there are things that I don't like about them, and things that everyone doesn't like about them. But here's what's nuts: is I don't know that they would hear me if I told them. So you just don't tell them, and that's like the worst insult of them all. Yeah. Whereas the the respectful thing, right, 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 is like to you... be like, look at all fucking clicks his teeth, guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I click my teeth. You know, yeah. and then and then we get to address that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's respect. It, it, it's sad, and it's it's like a, a failing marriage when you just let go of an issue. You won't even tease them about it. Yeah. Because you're like, he's not going to change. It's a fine line, dead. though, because it's like, uh, I agree with you, but it's um, it's all it's also challenging sometimes to be like, baby, you click your teeth. Well, in a relationship, like there's a there's a point of no return, <laughs> baby. <laughs> there's a point Can of I no return where once something is once a defect in someone is grandfathered in yes. you can't bring it up i even with friends like if you, you like you have some things and i have some things where it's like no i just you know berbiglia's got a, an enormous gourd of a head and we're just not going to talk about it <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just saying that for example patrice used to make fun of me for having a big head you do have kind of like a autumn there's something autumny about your head. i was just <laughs> <laughs> like your head grows in the colder months <laughs> <laughs> See, that's fun. Thank yeah. God for jokes. But uh, okay, to what you were saying, with a girlfriend, almost impossible to me. I was just talking about this last night, and this is something that's come up on the show before in other forms. Let's say um, the example that I used last night was you're my girlfriend. Hey. And you <laughs> sometimes look at your phone when we're at a dinner. Okay. Hate it. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Completely Drives relatable. Drives me crazy. So here I am, and I. But my problem is, I think as a creative person, and, and you're a writer. You know what I mean. You're good at fantasy. Writers fantasize how they think things are going to go. Sure. That's the dysfunction. Or how they should go. How they could go. Yeah. That's the dysfunction that you're rewarded for. Yeah. You're typing up your little absolutely fucking sociopath. Not sociopathic. What I'm talking. Crazy. You, you know what my brother calls it. My brother co-writes a lot of stuff with me. Yeah. He calls it letting your brain go for a walk. Yeah. Exactly. And most people keep their brains pretty close and try and stay in the moment. We're like, and then he goes, 
I'll have the French bread. And then the waiter goes, sir, it's a French restaurant. All our bread is French. Oh, that's nice. Cut to, like, fucking yeah, lunatic yeah. control freaks. So Yeah, cut to they're both wearing berets. <laughs> And then I, okay, so as, like a writer, I will think, you're my girlfriend and you're looking at your phone, and I'll go, I could tell her, honey, especially it's like, in this scenario, it's an expensive restaurant. I don't want you looking at your phone, okay? All I'm going to do in in my brain scenario is upset her that I've, like, called her out on something, and then created a world where two things might happen. One, she gets an important text that she misses. Your father's having a heart attack, and he wants to say, I love you. Mm -hmm. Two, I'm creating a world where I can't look at my phone. Like, grace will not be extended to me because I called her on her shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what I do is I let it go. I'm, I'm a pretty good king of letting it go, but what that leads to is, I bet you know, resentment, and like quiet, unspoken angst. Terrible. Where I bad env- for the relationship long term. I envy the no people. future. No future. No future. Exa- well, it just builds up. It's like plaque in yeah. your arteries. Yeah. And and it didn't have to be. I envy the people, and we've talked about this because you're in a very healthy relationship. Did you say plaque in your arteries? Yeah, you can't plaque in your. Oh, arteries. is that is that oh is that how heart attacks form? Yeah. Oh, interesting. But it is the same that. term as teeth. Is it, did you think? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking you were saying teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but you accidentally up. didn't say teeth. Yeah, no, build up in your arteries. It's I didn't want to have this be one of those moments where I'm like, uh, I think Pete didn't realize, but he didn't say teeth. I'm actually going to bring this back to your point. Rather than putting that scenario to you and be like, what what will you do? I'm going to say that jokes become a way for people. It, it, it might be passive aggressive, and it might not be the healthiest expression of how to communicate, but jokes can help weirdos like us say things. like Absolutely. Like I'm not saying this is the right joke, but you can be like, Oh, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll just order the, the $35 foie gras while you check your Twitter or whatever. You know what right. I mean? That's sarcasm. Sure. It's not <laughs> it's my It's a fa- little passive aggressive. It's passive aggressive. It's not my favorite, yeah. but at least you're saying it. Yeah, it's true. Conan, I'm going to give a little inside yeah. baseball, when he's shooting down pitches and stuff with his writers, I've seen him do it, does kind of a persona. He does a, I don't think he'd mind me saying, is like, he'll be like, no, terrible. Like, he doesn't really think it's terrible, but mm-hmm. he has to get in a place yeah. where he can. It makes a lot of sense to I'm me. doing a bit. I'm doing a bit. Yeah. And w- one time we shot something together and he did like a lot of, a lot of that sort of joking, but that, he really does want a water, but he's making a joke about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That video you guys did together, right? Yeah, that one. I love that one. Oh, thanks, man. What's it called so people can reference it? Because it's so funny. Which one? You did one where the two of you guys seem like you're just kind of talking behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. You're kind of breaking each other's balls. Yeah, he does that. He picked up on that pretty quickly, that that's what you do with me. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great one, though. Do you know what that one's called? It's got to be called Behind the Scenes, probably. Yeah. Do you know that one? See, yeah. we, that one's so funny. I love the show, but Super Chabber? Uh, no, the, they're, Katie, they're behind the scenes. And, you weren't listening. Katie, you weren't listening, and now you're paying for it. <laughs> Katie, Katie, don't try and talk your way out of this. You don't have a microphone. You just have you have 10 feet from a microphone. I can point and guess it. what? I Worthless. I'm pointing it to you. Right. No, no. So you... <laughs> That's just going to make it worse. We can talk about the show, and I'd like to, but why don't you talk about what we're talking about, which is the idea of jokes. The idea of jokes helping us say things that need to be said. Well, I will just say that my my family... Well, I don't know. I Now you put me on the spot. I don't want to get kind of over... Uh, over uh, sentimental about it. But I, I, will say, I will say, like, the closest I've ever felt in my life to anyone is, like... Around Christmas time, mm. when I go home, you know, you have the formal Christmas dinner, 
and all that all that stuff. FCD. Meaningless. 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 That part's meaningless. You know what's meaningful? For me? You know what's meaningful yeah. for me? Yeah, yeah. About one a.m. every year, this organic thing occurs around the dinner table. People kind of like casually, the insomniacs kind of make their way down and kind of drift into the kitchen. And then we all just shoot the shit and make jokes for like an hour and a half. That's the greatest thing I've and ever it, heard. And it's uh, and I feel so close to my family because it's almost like animalistic. It's almost like this thing of like yeah. the Birbiglias are communing in yeah. this weird animalistic wolf-like way. When did you in go this to... unplanned way? Like the, like you, every like, Christmas, like moon worship. Almost. Yeah, you know, like you got up called by something unseen and ate scraps of ham. Yeah, and broke each other's balls yeah. in your PJs. Yeah. Who unzips you? From, from my sleeping bag? <laughs> Why do you think that? Are you... There's a, there's a thing that happens with audiences and comedy shows where one person laughs and then another person's laugh heightens that laugh by being louder. And then a third person's laugh heightens that laughter. And then the first person's laugh has to get louder to, to get as high as the third person's laughter. You do it all in one. You're a soup-to-nuts laugh heightener. This is, this is you la- Shut up for a second. Okay. This is you laughing. <laughs> And it's all you. That sounds horrible. That was all just you. <laughs> well, oh my God, it gave me a headache. I know it hurt my ears, but it's sorry okay. about that. No, it's good. Sorry about that. I feel Katie. like a grenade went off. Is is that peaking too high? Was that like she checked the levs? <laughs> no, I know. I I was just pleased with my my ball breaking. Who unzipped you? <laughs> um. So <clears throat> nobody has, this is before I've gone to bed. But it's uh you stay up that late on Christmas in your own house? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's maybe as we got as we've uh, aged a bit, maybe it's midnight. But the point is it's like all when the kids I've nephews and a niece it's when the kids are asleep and you know it's like it's like that bewitching hour people yep. a, a lot of people are asleep, the yep. light, the lightweights are asleep in the family. So are you making fun of the people that went to <laughs> to bed <laughs> or are you making fun of each other? No, 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 just telling stories. Uh-huh. Uh you know making fun of each other just telling you know just sharing and it's and i feel like that's <clears throat> i feel like that's um that's what's so special to me about jokes is i feel like and i say this in the show the times i've laughed the most in my life i think this is why this podcast is so special one of the reasons one of the many reasons that this oh, is so, like this. so special is um is that the times i've laughed the hardest in my life are um with friends mm. and family mm. about things that are unexplainable. What do you mean? Uh, in other words, someone goes, oh, what's so funny? I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it'll take me about 45 minutes to explain, and by the time I explain it, not funny anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's what <clears throat> that's what I'm trying to do with the new tour. I'm trying to bring people into the experience of, you know how sometimes you overlay pipe to explain a joke? Yep. I'm trying to get that out. I'm trying I, yeah. to get it to a point where, and I feel like you do this with your audiences when I've witnessed it, get to a point where it's all an inside joke. We're all friends. Yeah. We're, let's just get to it. That is the that is the feel that my best shows are the best shows where I feel like when podcast fans come out, you feel like you can already go there. Yeah. You jump right I just there. love it. But you do that with your family, which is amazing. And you're doing that with the show. How do yeah. you do it with your show? I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, but you know what it is? I just kind of, the way that you would do with a friend, I like like I have this story where I go, you know, um, 
my wife said, wait for, I'm, I was heading to yoga class and my wife says, wait for me. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait for you because you're a late person and I'm an on-time person. I don't want that entering into our relationship. And she said, fine, passive-aggressive, classic for late people. <laughs> and she said, but save a mat next to your mat for me in class. And I said, Chloe, her name's Jen. I said, Chloe? <laughs> I said, Chloe, I'm not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And the, 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 the point being, the example is the Chloe thing. It's like, that's the kind of thing I would say to you in conversation. Like, Chloe, her name's Jen. Like, and with an audience, you'd be like, no, they need more than that. Yeah, they need yeah, more yeah. explanation of yeah, why, yeah. but we don't even go to it. Right, right, right. That, that is the feeling of an inside joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it lets us in. And I get that. Yeah. I get Chloe right away. You know Chloe. You know my wife, I Jen. do know Chloe. Yeah. Can I say one thing before we get to your, your wife and sure. all these other yeah, things yeah. we have kind of possibly going? On Christmas, also for me... God, it's it's so precious. My uh, it happens at Thanksgiving with my cousin Raymond, and it happens on Christmas with my uncle Larry. My father is the alpha of my family. We're not one of those families where, like, uh, I, I've said this on stage, but um, one of my girlfriend's friends would like put his father in a headlock and give him a noogie, like low status dads. Yeah, you know what I mean. My dad, uh, if I if he saw another kid put his dad in a headlock, would give me a look that said like. Don't try that, that. Yeah, never try that. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't – he's never been physical or my anything My dad's the same us. way. He's just an old school yeah, – my dad's old school too. Yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. like, I'm dad. He yeah, was yeah. probably scared shitless of his dad. So like by comparison, you know, just because he was a dad dad. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's kind of like alpha dad. Yeah. And then in come his brother, my uncle Larry, or in comes uh, my cousin Raymond, which is even more removed as my brother uh, my, on my mother's side. And they – You have like a there will be blood dad. What do you, yeah, I do. And he's an oil man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little, there's a little bit of a, when it comes to the showdown, like that. <laughs> like, like I, I see that in my father for sure, certainly in his business side. So I'm not, I, I would never put my dad in a headlock or, or even only recently, Mike, and I bet you can relate to this. Once I started making a decent living, I got access to the club where I could kind of break my father's balls. Oh. It was a, it was this weird language that he understood. It wow. was like Peter doesn't ask for money anymore. Right, he right, can right. now make fun of my I think slippers. people have I think people have that when they when they first earn a living. With that's their what, that's a, yeah, I'm not saying it has to be a great living. I just yeah. like stopped living off of him entirely. Yeah. Well, that's not I, I don't know why I changed that. It really was when I started doing things like you know, commercials that he saw and understood and was like, that's a thing. And then I came home and could make fun of him for, like, not hearing everything I'm saying or whatever yeah. it is. But in comes Raymond and in comes Uncle Larry and Uncle Larry especially. So so you got respect based on um, being the voice of a baby? <laughs> that's all it took. I was doing all wow. these things. It didn't take much. My father, I think, would still prefer me to be a ball player. When it was, um, it was when my father saw me uh, voicing uh, an actual live baby. Act one, growing down to grow up. <laughs> the baby man. <laughs> oh, that's one they do. Act one, the baby man. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's no, no. Uncle Uncle Larry comes in and and breaks my father's balls relentlessly. Drives straight at him, making yeah. fun of. Everything scary dad. You know he doesn't scare me, but he's a scary dad. And it, sometimes he's also a ham. You know yeah. what I mean? He's both. 
but drives right at him and just crushes him. And you'll never see my father laugh harder. He's like me. If somebody with the right status comes in and makes fun of him, the same like same level of status as him, and makes fun of him, it's a hoot. He bought a canoe. My father bought a canoe. My dad is not a man you'll see in a canoe. You understand? Yeah. But we, they live on a lake, and they bought a canoe. So every year, it's tradition. My my cousin or my uncle will be like, "How's that canoe, Jay? You get that canoe in the water? How much was that canoe? Forty five hundred bucks? You fucking just like yelling." And he just he at first he's angry and then he gets broken down and then everyone's crying. Yeah. I, I try and secretly film it or audio record it because there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, the uh, there's a guy who lives on my street. His name's Joe in Brooklyn. And uh, is this your brother? No, he's like an older guy. <laughs> he's an older guy, and he's a he's a plum, he's a he's Joe the plumber, but he's he's a plumber. He does a lot of different kind of odds and ends in the neighborhood. He's always around smoking a cigar. Average Joe, and uh, very stoic, just smoking a cigar in front of his place all the time. I walk by every day. I walk by this guy six times a day. Hey Joe, hey Joe, hey Joe. Had one day where I made a joke. It landed. He made a joke back. It landed. Then we moved on. You and it was the closest I've ever felt to Joe. <laughs> what do you mean you moved on? So, in other words, you kept walking. So the other day, I, I yeah, yeah, and it was just like understood, like, yeah. oh, we're at next level. We're at jokes. Yes, I love that you said Le- next level. Level, level, level one acquaintances. Level two jokes. Yep, that is so great. So, so, I, so here's the here's what it was. <clears throat> it wasn't please. even uh, for the listeners. Don't think I think it was a great joke. Yep, you can't you can't jump to great joke with strangers. No, you, there's you, no window you, for it. You have to jump to kind of like a like a B or C level joke, and then maybe aspire to get to an A joke uh, companionship. <laughs> yeah, yes, long long term years it takes. With friends. <laughs> and so I walked by. There was a guy who was parallel parked, who had uh, right in front of Joe, and it was super loud. One of those hip hop super loud cars where the whole thing was reverberating. Yeah. The whole car was reverberating, and it was really off-putting because it's a very quiet block. And uh, and I said to him, I go, uh, I go, that guy. I go to Joe. I go, hey Joe, that guy sure does like music. <laughs> and he laughs and he goes, yeah, he should get a radio. That was it. That's the whole joke. Both, like you said, they're not a joke. They're not a joke. They're not a joke. No, they're, they're just, small talk jokes. They're, they're small talk jokes, but, but you it got was a close enough. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the music of a joke was there. Yeah. This guy sure likes music. Yeah, yeah, you should get a radio. This is this is a guy saying. This is me saying this guy sure likes music. We've never shared a joke yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, it's your so first it's, joke. So it's throwing yourself out there. Yeah, because you know why? Some people are humorless. Uh, I've noticed this. Sometimes people are humorless. They don't want to interface with jokes. Nope. And intimidated by jokes. And uh, yeah, don't like them. Yeah, and uh, and so you, as a result, you can't. Like sometimes I'll have I tell this story on stage, but I say I say you know a lot of times people get mad when they find out I'm a comedian because I won't lob them jokes mm. at a party when I first meet them. A few weeks ago, I was at a party. This guy goes, "Oh yeah, you're a comedian. How come you're not funny now?" And I want to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to take your, this conversation we're having and then repeat that to strangers. And then that's the joke. Did you say that? You're the joke. 
later. Did you say that? No, I, I, I said I wanted to say it, but it was just like one of those things of like, I, but, but, I, but in my mind, it was the perfect, it's like what you're saying of like comedy is fantasy. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. That was my fantasy of what I would say to him. Well, it's it's like Annie Hall. He's in the line and he and it's what he wants to say to the people behind About him. Marshall McLuhan and then Marshall McLuhan shows up. That's right. Yeah. Or, or it's George Costanza. When in that fantasy, in that Seinfeld episode, where he does start doing what he what his impulses are, and he tells the kids to shut up in the movies, yeah, comedians want people to be quiet in the movies a lot. And so you have a bit about that. Who does? Yeah, who does? Who does? Is a classic bit. With me. I used to have a lot of material about like shut up in the movies. I go to the movies less. Is what happened. I go to the movies so much. I saw last night. Last night I saw Inside Lewin Davis. This is the thing I like about Los Angeles: the arc light. Yeah. Last night I saw Inside Louis Davis. The night before I saw uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire. Don't break my balls, you guys. I, I see them all. I see them all. I can't. You see them all. I love movies. I also love movies, but I, I, I are you going alone? You're going with your wife. No, my wife and I go. See, yeah. that's why I want a Cloth. wife. I want to. <laughs> masterful. <laughs> Just masterful. Just a real. That was an A plus because we're at a different level. You can throw me an A plus. Uh, I was just gonna make a stupid joke where I said I want to get married just so I can have someone to go to the movies with and someone to shoot my vines where I need both my hands. Oh my god, that's so painful. <laughs> what a painfully modern reference. I know. Let's talk about this. Because... Can I tell you another reason why? Yeah, hold on to that. Sure. Why I want a wife? You only have to go home for one holiday. I said that to my mother. I was like, whoever put these holidays this close is a goddamn lunatic. Whoever planned the calendar this yeah, way. Yeah. I know they didn't. That's a joke. But uh, but I said to my mom, I'm like, if I were married, I bet you're going to like this idea. If I were married, I would only come home for one, right? One holiday, yeah. Thanksgiving or Christmas. But because I'm single and out there living a life of a single person, which makes me even less relatable to my parents, I have to spend more time with them, right? Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. Speaking of which, I had a dream last night because you and I went to Australia. We last did. Spring. We went to Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. Melbourne. I just told a friend. You do the you do the worst Australian, and you did Melbourne. it in Australia On for stage, Australian people every night, and they hated it. Every and they night, they did not think it was anything like how Australian people speak. every night. And then, if you remember, I started screaming at them. <laughs> I started screaming. You have to agree the way. The way <laughs> if you begin a bit with you have to you agree, have to. you know it's wrong. Uh, no, it's right. I go, you have to agree. My act, the way I'm speaking right now is normal and you're adding to it. Oh. This is the baseline and then you're going, baseline, <laughs> baseline, baseline. I, I love all the Australian weirdos, but they liked it. They like being rough. Can I talk about the girl that Got you hooked up with. with in Australia? Sure. Okay. She last does night, listen to this podcast. Last night in my dream. She listens to this podcast. Okay. Hey, she's sweet. I like her a lot. Okay. Um, we hung out a bit. Yes. So last night I had a dream. Yeah. I just woke up, by the way, so it's pertinent. What do you mean now? Yeah, like oh. an hour ago, yeah. Who unzipped you? I think you have to be unzipped is, is part of the fun. Yeah. Like you're like you're helpless until you're unzipped. When I'm when I'm when I go to bed at night, because if people don't know, I, I sleepwalk, I have a sleepwalking problem, so now I jump through a window, it's all in this movie Sleepwalk with me. Um that's what Pete's referencing. When I go to bed at night, no joke, I wear a sleeping bag. Yes. And uh for I'm, a while I would wear mittens so I couldn't open the sleeping bag. No more mittens? I don't wear the mittens anymore just because they're too hot, but when I go to bed at night, my wife goes, uh, Jenny goes, uh, uh, time to put you in your pod. That's great. That's a ritual every night. That's such a sweet thing. Isn't that nice? It really bothered me how sweet that was. 
And then uh, that kind of so, in- intimacy jealousy. Well, last night, well, we'll we're going to get to this. I just had intimacy get, jealousy. No, intimacy jealousy is good. I would write that down. Intimacy jealousy. Yeah, Katie, you missed one, something that was kind of good. It's okay. Pete said this. Pete, I was describing getting into my sleeping bag at night, and uh, and I said my wife always says, uh, "Time to get in your pod," and je- and and, and uh, Pete goes, "I'm having intimacy jealousy." That's a kind that's of a, a good, thing. That's, uh, I think that's a good you, thing to you, coin. You have good radar for that. Here's another thing that Mike Birbiglia told me I should write down, which was when you're flirting with a girl you've already had sex with, everyone is Don Draper. And you uh, thought that was so funny. Yeah, I was just great. telling you have a you story. Have done it as a bit? No, it's not really. First of all, that almost never happens. It, it happened one time in my life that I saw a girl that I used to uh, sleep with. And then I went up to her, and I just was like, I am being so cool right now because yeah. everyone knows the deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It had been a while, and uh, it was very fun to just be like, buy you a drink. We all know where this is headed. You know, it bothers <laughs> it bothers Jenny so much when we're here how beautiful the women are and terrible looking the men are in Los it's Angeles. very interesting. It bothers her so much. And it bothers me, too. We're, it's, Oddly, we're kind of a schlubby group. There's, there's some, there's some fellas, I guess. But even the fellas are that slickster, yeah, like Oakley sunglasses if they were modern, uh, the, whatever the modern whatever. version of, of Oakley sunglasses is. Wrap uh, around Oakley. These kind of like tacky suits. Yeah, white BMW. Casual, casual suit, white BMW yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. SUV that's a little too jacked up, too like much, too much cologne. The, yeah, the guys who are supposedly good looking are kind of gross. Yeah, no, I dig that. I don't know. And then the women are quote unquote. This is according to my wife. Are quote unquote perfect. That all they have all the features See, that are technically a, perfect. Such a thing that someone like Jenny would say, and you know, we'll make it weird. We've talked about you, you and you know, I think your wife is lovely. That's what we've talked about. She's gorgeous. But women... She's a knockout. She's the person I'm most attracted to in the world. The deal is sealed, Michael. You're already married. What, are you trying to double marry me? (laughs) I'll do it. I'll double marry. (laughs) That is so funny. You know Jay Moore wears like eight wedding rings? Because for every anniversary, yeah, I didn't, wow. ha- I didn't have intimacy I, jealousy. For I feel that like one. you just, I feel like you just took out a portion of my life by discussing Jay Moore in this conversation. Ah, uh, that's so bad. Okay, let, let, he looked like uh, the God villain. I'm sorry, Jay Moore. I'm just kidding. He I looked, don't know him. He I, looks like the God villain from 300. That's a funny reference if you get it. You see all the movies? No, not 300. <laughs> 300 was a spectacle. I know. I heard it was. It's a I good heard time. It was, yeah. I saw it right when I got divorced. But anyway, I had a dream last night that I... I, I Wait, I had something. Your I'm wife Melbourne. is gorgeous. Oh, okay. And, she, and gorgeous women like her. I like women like your wife. That's the thing that's weird. That's the part that's weird. Why? I don't know. Oh, you have a crush on her. That's not what I'm saying. If you saw, then why is it weird? If you saw the girls I liked, I bet you would be like, "Oh, these are similar." You know, similar. We talked about it with Jenny. Yeah, I remember because she was like, she described herself, and I was very uncomfortable. She not in a real way, but what did she, she say? Like, she was like, "Oh, like she said, she was like big boobs, and I'm curvy." That's she said. You were yeah. in the car. <laughs> we were on our way to the zoo. Yeah. And I remember being like, yep, I didn't know you were going to say it. I thought we were all going to tiptoe around it, but yeah, that's right. And uh, women like that, what I consider gorgeous women, always think L.A. women are what we secretly want. And yeah. Even though I was just looking – And also sort of – I mean, Jen's also – she's also brilliant. 
No, I know. So she has this combination of like she's. Did she's you think very, I was kind of earth, She's kind of earthy, pretty, and she's also brilliant. And uh, yeah, she's and earthy, so, pretty, curvy. Earthy, she's pretty, curvy, and, the TLC and brilliant. Album. And then, yeah, and so then she has to say like, "Oh, these women are perfect. You want this?" And I'm like, "No, I can't." How many times can I explain that this is not what I want? I know. I want you, right? But you know, that's the natural in a relationship. I su- I suppose I just don't know why uh, what what it, what's it what's it going to take for someone to be like I don't want this platinum fake blonde girl. Well, so my dream last night about with the girl who you hooked up with in Australia, yeah, who was very sweet. We can even say her name if 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 you want to. Probably not. No. Okay. Um, I had a dream last night because I'm going back to Melbourne. Are you going back? You should. I'm going back. Like uh, I didn't. The flight, the flight. Yeah. The flight. Well, you aren't Vicodin on a flight. And I had just had a concussion. Yeah. I think that all the drinking and Vicodin I took on that flight made whatever happened to my brain much worse. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I had just had a brain injury. And then I got on a... I hope this gets added to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) You know how sometimes you say something on a podcast and then it's on Wikipedia as a fact? If that happened... Uh, this should be on there. My, my, Something my, happened. It should be Pete Holmes. Somebody add this, please. Someone go on Wikipedia because anyone can add anything. <laughs> After a concussion that Pete had in the subsequent flight to like Australia, a, how long is that flight? Where he took a 26-hour flight to, to 26 Australia. Hour, you shouldn't take a regular flight he, after a concussion. No, and, and then, and then uh, Pete was never the same again. Could someone just write that on Wikipedia? <laughs> Pete was never the same again! <laughs> you realize that's like my true nightmare is that people yeah. would be like, he's never been the same. It didn't help. We we sat at a bar on a plane. Yeah, you and I. And I was helping myself to glassfuls of scotch. Yeah, wasn't, I know. Wasn't even feeling drunk. I, I'm not saying like what a big man I am, but do you remember being drunk? I remember being like, I feel a little bit. I remember you and I talking at that bar for hours. Hours. In the air. In the air. Very surreal experience. It is surreal. And, and then all the lights were off, everyone was sleeping, and you and I were... We're talking. And we, you were and you, you were shouting, but that's your normal tone. <laughs> you were showing. You were telling me about your new movie. Yeah, and you were telling me about how to write a movie. And if I had been sober, I would have learned how to write a movie. I don't think I was telling you how to write a movie. No, you I really t- don't. You were telling me, uh, you know, really kind of pretentiously how one should. No. Right, any movie. I don't I'm recall it that, that way joke. at all. That, that, was, that was a comedy joke. <laughs> no, we were talking mostly relationship stuff, which is what we were talking about, and that's what I'm talking about now. My dream last night was about – I went back to Australia. I went back to Australia, which I'm going to do in, in, in April, and um, and your, and the girl that you hooked up with, who's very, very sweet um, mm-hmm. and is a listener to the show, approached me and said, does Pete like me? Does Pete like me? Oi, is Pete like me? Is she uh, British? <laughs> no, no, the Australian girl. Wait, Katie, do you follow this? The Australian girl. It's, Wait, why did you switch to British? It's really a shame. Your face, I say this from time to time, it's a shame that this isn't being filmed because your your performance right now, you know, you should get an Oscar for podcast acting. So, so in my dream, I talked to this girl who you hooked up with, you and she said, that. she said, she um, said, she said, "Does Pete like me?" Yeah. And um, what? Nothing. And then I said, "I think so." 
and that was kind of the whole dream. That's the dream. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, and I, it, it, it go, but but wait, I remember. Okay, so the three of us, the the four of us, hung out. You and and Jenny and me and this lady a couple times. What does this dream mean? Why are you? I'm not trying to accuse you of anything. But why are you dreaming about somebody that I met in Melbourne and like had a, a casual fun time with? Are you because you and I spent so no because you no? And, you and I spent so much time talking about her on our trip to the zoo. We did, yeah. Because I was like, I was like, I think that girl wants to like be in a relationship with you. Like it felt like she really liked you. Like she had a real crush on you. And you were like, no, this is how I do it. I say this. I say this. I did not I say, say this. this is how I do it. I say this. I say this. I say this. <laughs> you had a whole thing. What are you talking about? You're making me look horrible right now. And I didn't say that. Okay. I, what What are you saying that I said? I Like I said a trap and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, no, don't you worry, you Mike. No, you didn't say a trap. You just said, I'm very straightforward. That well, that's true. Yeah, and I was very and straightforward. You know, you see this therapist. You've talked about it on the podcast before. Sure, I'm very straightforward. Dr. I say Gary this Penn. is what I'm interested in, and if they're interested in that, great. If not, blah blah blah. You know that. You know, I I actually recently had an experience where I tried doing that, and and the person hated that I said it. There's no winning. I actually almost you told called, me that you called me and Jenny and, well, I always, and asked if that was. You told me about this incident, which it, I don't know if you can talk about on the air. Well, we can be vague. It's and honestly it, it was at the party. And then you went home with a girl at the party, and then you called me and Jen and were like, this is what she said at the end of it, and this is what I told her. You don't remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Because you, I, you probably can't talk about that. I can't. I can't really talk about that one. Be, oh, well, we could. Uh, here's, here's what I'm comfortable. If you'll let me drive, we can talk sure, about yeah, it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because, well, well, because you I probably, talked. You should probably put the drive code on. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to put the drive code on. One of the things... When uh, that I struggle with is how to just kind of um, do something casually because, as you know, I slept with somebody and then I married them. This this is the background sure. in case someone picked this sure. episode to be the first <laughs> the first episode. Uh, if, if, if if so, deep apologies. <laughs> so my mo for many many years for seven eight years was. If I go on a date with you, you're my girlfriend, and I will date you for a year and three months. That's what's going to happen. It's crazy. Certainly, they have a say in that. But, you know, that's what was always happening. And the first one was actually a a marriage that lasted six years. You're a serial monogamist. Serial monogamist who didn't want to necessarily be a serial monogamist, but was acting on social pressures. How will I be perceived? Religious pressures. What will God think? Mm -hmm. Uh, Familial pressures. What will my parents think? More specifically, my religious mother. What will she think if I'm out philandering? Mm -hmm. That's a real real victory that I now make jokes in front of my mother or like my parents about how – like if they're they're well, like, you wouldn't think it was such a victory if you heard the conversations that I've had with your mother. Mm, you son of a bitch! <laughs> like if I go, my mom will be like, "Why are you getting a hotel the night of your show in Boston?" I'm like, "It's because I'm going to fuck people or whatever." You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not even serious. But like, if you're going to come at me with like your coy bullshit, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drive right at you. Yeah, don't do that to me. I'm a grown man. Why am I getting a hotel? Fucking beat it. Yeah, no good. Yeah, that's great. I felt judged. No, not at all. I'm just trying to stay on the theme. Okay, I'll stay on. I'm driving. Yeah. So, okay, so here comes a new fella, uh, me, reborn in the ashes of uh, four or five year-long at least relationships. 
single. And then I was like, I and you're one of those people that I call and I'm like, I don't understand. I actually call you for two reasons. One, advice. And two, to uh, celebrate marriage. Mm-hmm. I, how many times have I said to you, I'm like, Mike, you're in the right place. I'm, I'm, I'm for you. Settling down, intimacy, jealousy, that's good. Have someone zip you into your pod, eat breakfast. It's worth the cost. What's the cost? The occasional fight, maybe a, a meal where you don't have sparkling conversation. It's good. Stay where you are, Mike. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like in the foxholes. Stay where you are on one of those big WW2 phones. Stay where you are and, I, and leave me. Leave me. So that's one. And two is get actual advice. And that brings us to this story. I see this girl, and we had, we had gone out a number of times. And then we stopped seeing each other, and this was that was the the Draper story. And then I saw her at a party, and then we ended up uh, going out uh, after that night, and and then we uh, did what we do. Um, in the morning, and and we had kind of like stopped seeing each other because I was like, uh, I'm not looking for anything serious, and I thought we got into this because uh, we were looking for the same thing or whatever, blah blah blah. And she was like, Well, that's that's not really good for me. And I was like, I completely get it. I, I lived like you for a very long time. I wouldn't have been looking for that either. So maybe it would be better if we're just friends. And, she's like, and we were like, okay, let's just be friends. And we see each other at a party, still attracted to each other. Drinking leads to sex again. Probably not the best choice. You know what I mean? Emotionally. Sure. In the morning, dealing with a, does this mean things are different? And this is what I put to you. She said, does this mean you feel differently? Or are you like willing to date now or something? And then I said, and I, I remember the moment very vividly. It was difficult for me to say, but I was like, "You gotta, sh- you gotta just sh- sh- shoot from the hip. You gotta be straight. Don't be like, well, you know, I never know. Like I knew, mm-hmm. I knew. I don't want to, I don't want to have a relationship. Kind of in general, I also, I also don't really feel that way about this person. I don't feel that way about this person. See, I, I can't even be mean to her in this pretend scenario." Mm-hmm. So in the moment... In this anonymous scenario. In this fake... It's a real scenario. Oh. So I said... I said something like, I don't... know. I don't... I said, no, I don't feel that way about this, is what I said. And you... I call you that morning. But, but to be... The wording that you said, that she said was, do you think that you could never see me in that way? She said something like, if things were different... Yes. If you were looking for yes, a relationship, that's right. And if this and this and this, she yeah, she made a fake scenario. Okay, I forgot. I didn't do that. I okay. didn't omit that for my benefit. If this, then could you see us together? And I said because I didn't want to give any false hope or anything. I said I don't think about this that way. I said this instead of you to like buffer it a little bit, make it mm-hmm. nicer. So then, of course, I'm feeling conflicted. That's like a mean thing to say. That's like a heart. It's a harsh thing to say. I actually yeah. don't think it's mean. I think it's cruel to be kind sort of thing. Let's not be silly. Uh, let's not be false. Okay? So then, of course, I'm feeling bad about it because I'm not a sociopath and I'm feeling a little sad. I don't like hurting people, especially yeah. with people that I've been intimate with. You know what I mean? Yeah, you felt very bad. I felt real bad. You called me because you felt bad. You're remembering better than me. Yeah. I, I, okay, that makes sense. I'm, I'm feeling bad and I call you and I'm like, Mike, what should I have said? And this, I still think you're wrong. Yeah. But you were. Go ahead. I said... I said that the I, th- I in my opinion the proper answer is what you're saying is a hypothetical that doesn't exist and I I don't I'm I I I can't do this now and I can't foresee doing it but 
and that and that's how I feel about it. I thought you said, I, I think you're misremembering now. Yeah, that you said that's a hypothetical situation. Who knows? Possibly, I can't predict the future in that way. Yeah, some maybe something. You like said that. something. You said why not throw her a line? You were in favor. I of didn't giving say her... why not throw her a line. First of all, I don't speak not like throw that. a line. I meant like a, a line, like a like she's out to sea. Throw her a little bit of a well, rescue. I was line. just saying, there's not no throw her a line like a. The, the, the way I remember it is that you said that she said to you, "Could you ever see me in this way?" And you said, "No." Yeah. And I said, no, I wouldn't say no because it's just mean. Yeah, I remember you said that and it made me feel real bad. And it's making me feel bad again. Because it's somehow it's dismissive of not only who she is, but what her potential is as a person. Well, if you put it that way, <laughs> that's horrible. But you're, you're, you're asking me to entertain a fantasy where she could like go to Spain and come back a different person? I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just saying like... Like in that situation, I feel like your your it's funny. It gets back to my girlfriend's boyfriend, the show. Like because I have a similar problem when kind of sometimes you get obsessed with being right about something. Yeah, and you have this crusade of like, no, I'm going to be straightforward. I'm going to tell her exactly how I feel. I'm going to tell her the truth because I've this spent, person needs to know the truth. I've spent so long. But I think that not that, telling people to put their cell phones. I away. think you can tip far a little too far into that spectrum and i think in that moment you may have picked, tipped a little far into that spectrum not 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 not, gro- not grossly far just a little bit i was pulling you back in do inch. you remember what jen said because then married friend you gotta have marriage friends all the single people get married friends they're the best then you i go i want to talk to jen i'm yelling <laughs> you know <laughs> i want to talk to jen get me close. i'm sad that's what you're like when you're sad you shout it Give uh, me talk to your wife. I'm sad over here. Ha! I laugh when I'm sad. Ha! Ha! One of the things that makes you unrelatable as a sad person is just how hard you're laughing about being sad. Act one: tears of a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to have an Ira Glass impersonation follow me everywhere? Act one, he'll it's have so the glass on. It is hard. Uh, and I think Jen saw my point a little bit more, if I remember correctly. I don't think so. Yeah, that is what you would say. Yeah. We're we're getting along right now, by the way, for the listeners at home. Who you and I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think some people at this point are like are like, oh, they're really making it weird and Mike's a dick. No, and no, like we're no. on the same page. You have to understand. We are friends who help each other and call each other. We're not You're the foes. go you're the go to phone call. Is spe- the benefit of the marriage relationship, getting to talk to Jenny as well. But this, these sorts of conversations are very normal, and they can get a little hostile. Like that is what you would say, you know what I mean? Just yeah. me thinking you're wrong, or you thinking I'm wrong. But I hear, you know what? But let me dovetail it. Can I dovetail this? You can, but let me just say before okay. you dovetail it that I actually kind, I do see your point. I really do. I'm not just being agreeable yeah. or nice. That's what makes it so shitty. Sometimes little white lies are okay if they're saving people's feelings. I agree. I just in both of my hands, I had a little white lie. And then I also had the potential of stringing somebody along a little bit. You know what I mean? With yeah, a little yeah, white yeah. lie. Yeah. And, you have, and this is a, a line from uh, The Bourne Ultimatum where he goes, you know decisions made in real time are never perfect. 
And that's true. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we can talk about it and analyze it, but when we're, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about a, a millisecond where she goes, if things were different, could you see this being a relationship? Yeah. And I, ha- I don't have the counsel. I'm just an idiot in a car hung over and I go, be honest. That's all I got. I go, just be honest. Yeah. I didn't have time to go, be honest with a flourish of maybe. Yeah. I think that the, the hardest part was when you said to her, you go, uh, I'm just not sure uh, it, it could ever be that. <laughs> and then she's like, why are you laughing? And you're like, I just don't know if it can be like that. <laughs> she's like, why are you laughing maniacally? Now I'm going to do an impression of you. I'm just saying you could have, you could have, if you were thinking about it, what I should have said was muffins. <laughs> it's not good. You always do that to me over text. Yeah, what I should have said. You'll fat. just say fat for big says <laughs> what I should have said was muffins. <laughs> if I ever gain an enormous amount of weight, that's what you're, you think my act should change to? Just take every every bit I've ever done and and and, and uh, reallocate it with food items. Well, Joe Manny and I saw a guy who looked like you in a fat suit. <sighs> he was a comedian, and we were in the green room with this guy, and we just kept texting each other w- lines from your act with foods, and it was one of the funniest things. That's hilarious. The, Do you remember any of the other ones? I could look it up, but it would take Cra- a while. Crackers, please. Yeah, crackers, please. Ritz crackers, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, what I should. Well, I, it was Joe Mandy. I, I should give him credit. I think I should said what. I think I wrote what I should have said was stuffing, <laughs> and he wrote back what I should have said was muffins, and I wrote that win. So I want to dovetail this into you saw the my this week. Yeah, my, the my girlfriend's boyfriend album. Yes, and DVD came out, and the reason I say that is because. In, and you're holding it right now. I am holding in this, it. Is this your handwriting? Because in the yeah, and the reason I'm here actually, and I people should know this. You know, there's all these, there's a lot of publicists and managers and agents in this universe of show business. This podcast that you're listening to is the byproduct of me calling Pete and saying, "Hey, Pete, this album's coming out. It means so much to me, and oh, you've right. seen the show. I have seen it, and it would mean so much to me, even though you're busy and have a television show. Uh-huh. If you could just talk about it with me on this podcast, right. and um, and the reason why it's interesting, well, I want people to get it. It's on iTunes. It's on you know, it's on Netflix too. If they want to just have, I've know, seen it on Netflix. It for it's been recommended to me. Um, but but the reason why is that you have an interesting perspective because you're a single person. One of those single men. Saw it saw in it. Melbourne, Australia. Yep. And it's very much about, it's a romantic yep. comedy special and it's about being getting married. Yeah. And I was just wondering your, your take on it. When, how, did it make you feel anything when you saw it? Do you need to be turned up? No, it's just, it's okay. Must be the, in the cans. Is there something buzzing? Yeah. I got no buzz. Okay, no big deal. Oh, wiggle the thing. Yeah. Uh, I do remember loving it. I do remember, uh, you know, it's funny. When you were talking earlier, you were talking about, like, it's less important to be right. Yes. That's a part of it. And I I remember getting, you know, it's funny. Since my divorce, uh, I I have something called spider sense in my balls where my balls ache. It's like a bad play. I actually haven't talked about it in quite a while, which is – 
after I got divorced, I didn't really deal with it emotionally. So it felt like someone had kicked me in the balls. Literally, I went to the doctor and was like, I feel like I've been hit in the balls. And they're like, oh, wow. you haven't. And it, so it was just a psychosomatic thing. And I remember when I saw your show and it had so much about marriage and like compromise and, and love and, and I'm also intimacy. needing the balls during it. Yeah. There's a bit about being needing <laughs> the balls. Right. Yeah, that's right. So being needing the balls, I say, is like being electrocuted, except you don't get to die. <laughs> You want to die, but you can't. And there's a person in your face saying, you deserve this. Yeah. Which they wouldn't even do in electrocutions. I think they would deem that as inhumane, even in Texas. <laughs> but I remember getting my spider sense activated. Sometimes now when themes, like heavy, heavy, interesting, deep, well-thought-out themes are expressed that aren't normally expressed, we're used to seeing shows that are just kind of more on the surface, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And here's something that was like so authentically real, almost so much so that I remember being like, "How is Jen okay with this?" I remember thinking that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're... she was a big part of it. I mean, she sort of wrote a lot of the oh, okay. the lines that are the Jen lines, and yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You'd need to be. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, your show got the authentic, genuinely moving symbol of approval that is my balls aching. Wow. <laughs> That's really good. Can, was we, it, can was we put it, that on the cover? Of the DVD? <laughs> Made my nuts hurt. It's not hurt. It's just when something really stirs me in that way, I suppose. But they, take my balls out of it. No, that seems great. I'm keeping your balls in. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, it, what it was, was I would I would put your balls with a nice broth and make a soup <laughs> out of it. <laughs> You are the new Woody Allen. <laughs> That's what Ricky Gervais said, you son of a bitch. So I, I loved it, obviously. I loved it. And when I think of your show, I think of the, the finale. I think of you spinning, of course. And I think I was also watching it a lot to see. I would like you to t say, I wonder if you will, the, the advice you gave me based on that show. It was, <clears throat> the advice that I gave you was like, I don't. I remember where I gave it to you. It was oh, out near to, that bridge. Yeah, near that bridge. And you and you and Jenny acted like it was like an Illuminati secret. Yeah. You even you even said something like you'll hear it, but you might not even have the courage to follow it or something. Like it was really there should have been a book that required a key to be opened. No, I, I mean. Oh, God, I, I sound like such a douchebag in your version of the story. No, I liked the feeling. I felt Do you like remember I what it was? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to say yeah. it? You said it's got, you can't just floor it the whole show. We're yes. talking about when you're doing it. Because I'd watched your hour the night before, and or your I, half hour. And yeah. what I'm doing is really trying to crack it over the, over, the, over the wall every show, every joke, I guess. And you were saying when you when you you said a version of when you can touch their heart you're really doing something, and then you said it's got to be small 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 big small 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 big, and then you went rape me, da, 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 rape me, and then you went rape me, and you yeah. sang it real quiet, yeah yeah, which is the, from the, the Nirvana song, song rape of course, me. yeah of course, uh, that would have been a weird thing to say. <laughs> If it wasn't a Nirvana song. No, I just was pointing, if people don't know, I mean, Nirvana's a 90s band, you gotta remember. I know. Some of the listeners are younger. But Rape, the song Rape Me opens with a very rousing, yes. blasting chorus, of that, and then, it's, and then it goes to just guitar and vocal. Yeah. The and, reason I brought up that example is that song is an example of something that if you, you think about as a really hard rock, knock the fuck out of you kind of song. Yeah. 
and really rousing and beautiful in that way. But in fact, it has these really nice, like low plateaus mm -hmm. that are actually making the mountains worthwhile. Right. And that's what you said. And then you gave me two examples from this show that we're talking about as you go, you can have blah, 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 one of the jokes. And then you go, but what people will really remember is blah, blah, blah. And, and it was the, it's less important. What is it? It's less important to be. You can't, well, there's one. Oh. I've given up on the idea of being right. Right. Yeah, I don't believe in marriage. I got married. Right. I don't believe in marriage, but I've, I've, I believe in her. Yeah. And I've given up on the idea of being right. I mean, the thing that's been cool for me with this special has been, I, I toured this show for four years and and kept rewriting and rewriting it and and it and 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 releasing it into the world for everyone has been this really cool thing because like people have written like on net like what's wild is there, it hasn't been reviewed by many formal places but there's like user reviews and like on a bunch of them on Netflix are like I cried during this special like I've never mm. cried in a comedy special and right. for me that's everything, right? That's what, and but that's not for everybody. I want to point out that that yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. want, I don't want to be holier than thou. You're and not, say like, no, and, no, say, no, and, no. Say, and, and act like that's better than something else. That's just what I like. But Mike, you know, it's funny. No, and that and that's completely fine. But I think I th I don't think you're sounding pretentious. I think what you said was very valuable. And I showed you. I, I have a post-it note in my kitchen that says "small, small, big." Uh, actually, small, small, and big. And then I actually texted you a screen grab of me listening to the song Rape Me uh, later that day. And so I took it to heart. What, it's something actually Dave Rath said to me. Hey, buddy. Dave Rath said to me, <laughs> that how inside is that? How many people listening know who Move Dave on. Rath is? <laughs> Wasting people's time. Wasting time. Is that uh, he said, when you can touch, he says, do, maybe you could do a one-man show. This is like 10 years ago. It's like, maybe you could do a one-man show because when you touch someone's heart, that's when you really have got something. And you know what's interesting is I didn't do a one-man show, but I did do this podcast. Yeah, I feel this, like this does that. That's certainly. what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. These are the things that we – I would never on stage go through like a pretty uh, uncomfortable discussion of uh, ending things with somebody that you'd been on again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would you do that? And why would you go all, the, all down this road paved with no jokes to get to one joke? You'd never do that. But in a one-man show, you can do it, and that's what you've done. Thanks. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And it's and it's advice worth giving, whether or not people follow it exactly how you have, or they just take it and be like, there need to be some peaks to to make uh, some valleys to make the peaks worth it. I think the reason why I think that I, it's funny, there, Louis C.K., who's a gr obviously a great comedian, it has not been undocumented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you send me that AV Club top ten. What? Yeah, no, no. I yeah, they. they I, I I was so flattered to be on it, and yeah. then and then when I got to number one, it wasn't like of course media darling, but I was like of course, right, right, right. Louis yeah, was number one. But I actually think, and I'd love that special. I think it's really wonderful, and I think I'd love like all the specials. I love a show. Big fan. Yeah. Aside from the media hype, yeah. hype that surrounds it. Yeah. Um. I think that he this idea that this pace setting that he started, which is. I do a comedy special every year, mm. and all these other comedians have said, "I, you know, I'm going to do that too." Right. I just feel like saying, "Hey guys, you're a little over your head." They are. You're, of that, course. You're in the deep end. You're in the Louis C.K. deep end, and you don't know how to swim. Yeah. Or you're okay at swimming. Well, Seinfeld 
Go ahead. So, yeah, Seinfeld doesn't agree with it either. He I don't. Out, I don't agree with it said, either. I don't want to see your new hour. I want to see your best hour. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I, yeah. I, I, I'll, that's all I'll say about that, and I'll and I'll say to about, about I mean, the my girlfriend's boyfriend special. But when you said I, I toured it around for four years, I was like, oh my god, you're like aging whiskey and stuff. It's something that we don't have as much as that crafty stuff. But I want people to know if they listen to it, and you know what, I I'm gonna go so far as to say, if you don't have the money to buy it on iTunes, I would love it if you did. It means a lot to me. It allows us to have a profession. Mm-hmm. But if you if you want to just get it free on Spotify, that's fine for me too. I just, I, it's a real labor of love. I spent many years on it. Yeah. And I want people to listen to it. Yeah, like like making Amish furniture. And it shows. that One of the reasons why I can't tell you more specifics of the show was, unfortunately, for better or worse, I was watching it with that eye of like, almost like a pr- apprentice-magician relationship. I was in the balcony and I was watching, almost like, my parents say when they come to see me perform, which is very rarely uh, by my choice, they they don't even hear the jokes as much as they're just obsessed with watching what I'm doing and like what the audience is doing. Yeah, yeah, and that's sure. really what I was doing as I was like watching. I was like, interesting way to begin. <laughs> like when I saw S- Sleepwalk with Me, you know what I remember about Sleepwalk with Me what? is that you come out of a hole in the wall yeah. with no intro and then just start. Yeah, and then I also remember the subtle light changes. I was like, interesting that they have a light cue here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I remember the story, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I remember the story of, of Girlfriend's Boyfriend, but I was more, uh, you know what I mean? I was watching, I said it right, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. I, I remember watching it being more like, oh, this this guy had one of those two-hand, you know, you're holding onto two knobs and you're sliding it against a big piece of wood and carving out like a cheese slice from it. Yeah. You know I mean? Like a craft. You know, like a craft. yeah. And I feel, and it's, and it's also. I, I mean, I don't want to get so bogged down in craft. I feel like it's also like I give my heart to the audience. Yeah. No, I know. Like I'm, I open it up and I say, "This is how I feel about love." Right. I, this is how I really feel about love. Right. Which I think is, uh, that's what I'm sort of most proud of about it. Yeah, it's truly great. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing else on that. I hope people listen to it or watch it. You know what I would do? Meekly. After giving the hard sell, I go, I hope people listen to it or watch it. <laughs> how how is how are things with uh the missus? Good? Great. She and I are here in Los Angeles this week and uh She's just scoping out the other hot women. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday we got so sad. Why? We were having breakfast and uh <laughs> in our hotel and, and uh and there was a, this like young girl was like probably twenty one and very pretty at a table next to us, surrounded like by like three smarmy men slash record producers types talking about iTunes charts and this and blah, 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 blah. and it was just so like where did you go? It was in our hotel in Hollywood. I mean, these hotels are not the best, but yeah, um, I mean they're nice, but I understand. You know, they're not the best in terms of like. Feeling like the world is a fair place, uh, and and we just both of us came away being like, oh, she's sleeping with one or all of those three guys, and they're kind of worthless, and she's kind of great and has a spark of life in her, and maybe is really talented and great, and she's being like conned by these three guys, and and it was just so sad, and it just made me, it just it was it was depressing. It's the reason why. 
I don't spend a lot of time in Los Angeles. But then when I talk to my Los Angeles friends, who I love dearly, yourself included, they explain to me that that's not part of uh, Los Angeles living when you live here. That's like the Hollywood hotel scene. I, I would, yeah. It's it's also just the Hollywood scene. Like I, I remember thinking I would go out to uh, when TJ uh, was in the hospital, and I came out to uh, visit him. TJ Miller. TJ Miller was in the hospital getting his brain worked on. Oh, really? You didn't know that? I don't follow the TJ Miller trades. Well, he had a he had a brain uh, thing. He had open brain surgery. Are you serious? Yeah, he had like this huge pulsing like, octopus thing. My God, removed from his brain, and we all thought he was going to die. Uh, possibly could die. Like, he, did he have an aneurysm? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then and then he had a thing removed. And I also, very interestingly, kind of like almost almost too on the nose. I thought he would never be the same. It was in the front. Oh, I feel bad now that I said the T.J. Miller trades line, Do you? and then it turns out he has a brain aneurysm. Well, they they took it out. And the crazy thing is, he wasn't different. He wasn't different. I, wow. I was the first person to see him because of some weird uh, circumstance. And the first thing he did was make a joke. And it was just like one of these, like, oh, good. Because they were saying, this is just not even DJ related necessarily, but the thing in his brain was increasing blood flow to a part of his brain associated with creativity. And we were like, oh, no, this is like that Travolta movie. You know what I mean? Phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to be like a normal person now. Oh, wow. So, anyway. Um, I was at a bar across the way from this from his hospital and so I'm there and I'm sad, you know what I mean? Like I'm only there yeah. just kind of killing time. You're there sad, you're like ha! <laughs> sad. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I so I'm drinking a drink and people were networking all around me. Yeah. People with nothing. Oh. And uh, I don't. I, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but honestly, these were people just not even an open mic or not not even comedians. You're talking about people waiting for him to come out of the hospital. No, oh, no, you're just no. in the that would be the neighborhood. Worse. That would okay. be worse. These, <laughs> that would were, be the worst. these were that would have been worse. <laughs> these were just L.A. people, and I was like, oh, this is what L.A. was, and I lived in New York at the have time. You see, have you seen his new ten minutes since the aneurysm? <laughs> <laughs> That's people networking outside yeah, yeah, the I hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I saw that L.A. thing, and I can't I can't stand that. I, I think it has a lot to do with geography. If you're you know east of uh, I don't even know what street. Highland. <laughs> east of Highland. Anyway, east side, you just don't have that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's what I've heard. You go to a bar in Los Feliz. I've never been handed a card. But y- you go to Hollywood. And I'm not saying since the TV show. I just mean like, oh, you're a thing? You know what I mean? People yeah. will sniff around. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, they wouldn't even know who you were, like Ira Glass's fans. And then they'd, they'd hand you a card or something. Really gross. Yeah. So that poor girl. Life is depressing. Life is hard. I, I, people forget that. Like, I woke up at 4.30 this morning, as I often do. Like, I'll just wake up for an hour at 4.30 in the morning. It's weird. And I'll just kind of, like, take an inventory. Because that's also me. You know, it's a very spiritual thing. Like That's really nice. What? This idea of taking an inventory. Really? I like it. What do you mean? I'm really impressed by it. Well, it's not really voluntary. It's the only thing that'll calm me down is I have to sort through all these sorts of... Do you do that pre-coffee? I don't drink coffee. Oh, do you drink tea? I don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> I run on anxiety. Wow. I've, said, I've said that many times. Before. So you wake up in the morning and then you. The well, perfect... I wake up at four thirty and I stay in bed. This, you're, you're, I'm oh. not. I'm not getting up. Wow. I'm panicking. How long? It, it's to the point now where I can get it to about half hour, forty five minutes. So then you get, wake up, but you get out of bed at five or five. No, I, I don't. I'm staying in the bed and I go back to sleep. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not as impressive as you probably thought it was. You probably thought I had some sort of ritual or something. No, no, it's impressive. I don't and know. you take inventory for about a half hour, 45 minutes? I have to go through my thoughts. What I was going to say is a spiritual thing is when people say me, I like pizza, right? Who do you mean, right? Which you? 4.30 a.m. Pete is just as much Pete as this Pete. This is Pete who's brushed his teeth and had a shower and had some food and had some green juice and some water. I'm sitting with a friend, right? Mm -hmm. That's Pete. But also 4.30 a.m. panicking for no reason Pete is just as much Pete as Pete is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't get the airtime. It's like this – one of my favorite Onion headlines was 100% of Americans leading secret lives. (laughs) Isn't that great? That's funny. And to that I say, the the Pete and I'm not here to like drag us all through the mud and be like, isn't life hard and sad? But something like that story you just told me, that's a 4:30 a.m. one. That's yeah. that's when I wake up and I go over it. I was watching a movie about a guy, and uh, it's a documentary, and his wife uh, died in a car crash, and he's talking about it. And in you know at 4:30 in the morning, that's one of those thoughts that'll be like, wake up, and I'm like, what, what? And they're like. Remember that guy? His wife died and he screamed. I'm like, oh my God. And I have to deal with that. And like sort of like a things are meaningless, very existential. Mm-hmm. And right now, because of all the armor that I have on, I can tell you how stupid that is or, or how I'm past that. But I think it's worth mentioning that, that life is hard, that there are these little flare-ups. Sometimes you have breakfast next to some – you broke my heart when you said she had a spark to her. Mm-hmm. And there's three people. Like we're all just becoming – there's a risk of becoming like I did, L.A. I did, a sh- I did a show. Oh, I yeah. A few weeks ago, uh, Lena Dunham played Carnegie Hall. Lena Dunn's? Lena Dunham? Lena Dunn's. I don't think so. Yeah, Lena Dunn's. I think you're thinking of someone else. Australian actress? Lena <laughs> <laughs> Dunn's. She played Carnegie Hall. Yeah, so she and David Sedaris played Carnegie Hall a few weeks ago. and uh, David Sedaris? And then I was doing a couple nights before that. She made a surprise appearance on my. Did you yawn on the podcast? Yeah, it's early. <laughs> it is early. If you, if, uh, she, uh, I was. I'm doing these working it out, quote unquote, shows, at the Cherry Lane Theater and Union Hall, where I work out new material. And she had come on and read some of her pieces, and mm-hmm. she calls these characters. Um, and she did uh, the same piece at Carnegie Hall. She calls them uh, sunshine stealers. Ah. I, I love the term. And she she coined it. She borrowed it from Jenny Connor, who who uh, you know was one of the producers, writers of head writer of Girls. But I love that term, Sunshine Steelers. Yeah, like I just a, love it, like a Debbie Downer. And that's what these guys were. Yeah, in that woman's life at that breakfast. Yeah, they're taking this glow that she has and they're stealing it from they're her. Mopping it up, and they're not giving much back. And they're I and you get the feeling that they're they're claiming to give something back. You know, in the terms of knowledge about iTunes and yeah. Grammys and all this stuff. Put you and in the right like, room. No, they don't know anything. Well, honestly, that's why I think when when you hear something like a modern mythology, this is going to sound crazy, but the modern mythology of a, cons- a conspiracy theory that are uh, the powers that be are shape-shifting lizard people. She's eating some sort of loud granola. It's always very distracting. <laughs> no, it's okay, Katie. Just, just own it. <laughs> Open it. <laughs> Open it and own it. I had to acknowledge that Mike noticed. I Please just, keep eating I it. wasn't judging. I was looking. I was just looking. But I can't. <laughs> I felt him look. Please eat. Please eat some breakfast. Katie, please. Katie, please. <laughs> so anyway, shape-shifting lizard people. Hey! <laughs> Over here. Stop looking at granola. <laughs> uh, 
the the conspiracy is that like Obama and Parliament and the Queen of England are all lizards. And what do these lizards do? They uh, drink the blood of babies. Okay. Now, why does something like that even get written? You know what I mean? Either one, maybe it's let's say it's true. That's one possibility. Two is that it's just an exaggeration of of sunshine thievery. Powers sunshine that, stealers. Sunshine yeah. stealers. The powers that be. That's a relatable idea. The powers that be need to drink the blood of babies or sop up the sunshine of some like young sort of uh, Carrie Underwood spirited. Type. Yeah. yeah. A spirited young Life person. Life-filled young person, yeah. But you and I both did that. You and I both volunteered to have our... There are days at the TV show or, you know, even doing this podcast or just doing stand-up that you feel like there's too many of those electric milkers hooked up to you. And you're yeah. like, I'm just giving, giving a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That leads to... 4.30 a.m. is often uh, reserved for what did I say on the podcast, honestly. Like, you know, not to make either of us feel bad about it, but in the morning... You know, this morning, tomorrow morning, I'll probably go like, oh, I, I told that story and we referenced the person in Australia and all this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that feeling of, of giving your sunshine or even your, your darkness stuff to, to be consumed. Do you ever yeah. feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But ultimately, th- there's this expression that my the director uh, of my one-person show, Seth Barish, and I always use, which is, we're only as sick as our secrets. It's a famous phrase, yeah, and I love that. You know, it's crazy that you say that because I just heard a Freud quote that recently, like this week, that blew me away. That's very similar, and he said something like, "The only way to be completely mentally healthy is to have no secrets." And I yeah. was like, "Oh my god, that's like what I'm going for, <laughs> and what you're going for." Yeah, that's why I, I I have to say, like, I'm 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 um routinely disappointed in comedy specials. Yeah. Um, because I feel like often comedians are just not doing that. Not sharing any secrets. No. Not, not getting any. No. Yeah. It, it can... Often I'm watching people and I'm just going, you know, you're so funny. Yeah. You're so talented. And you could just make that next leap and like open up to these people and tell them like how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, maybe I'm pushing my own style on people in this way that's uncomfortable but then like but then i see like but it's not my style i mean it's like like i look at doug stanhope's special yeah on that was on netflix it was called beer hall push i think it's a album too and i just think like oh he he's doing it the best it can be done Hmm. he's walking on stage and telling a story about letting his mother go pulling the plug on his mother when she passed away recently Hmm. and i'm just like that's a gift. Hmm. He gave that to us. He let us in on the most intimate moment possibly of his entire life. And and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think the needle is going that way. I think audiences are having less and less patience. It might, it might revert, but less and less patience for, uh, you know, less than the truth. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, could be. Hopefully. Yeah. It seems like a weird secret just hanging right there. But you know what has to happen, and this happened to me, and I know it happened to you. I wonder what did it for you was that uh, I went from not talking about anything to hopefully talking about some things. And it took a while to realize what I actually stood for. It actually took took me a while to realize that my Uncle Larry and my cousin Raymond are weird or in what makes me weird, that I have a religious you know, mother and I raised religious and I got divorced and my father is an oil man, all this sort of stuff. Like, you realize that your story actually is unique. Because when you're in it and you're growing up in it, you're just like, this is normal. Mm-hmm. 
and what do, what do you have to say? But when when you can get that perspective and go, oh no, what I have to say, even if it's the like when I was a kid, I never really took a moment to be like I'm a kid. I always just felt like that's what when they say kids do kids make mistakes or boys will be boys. I'm like they're talking about someone else. Mm-hmm. I never really was a boy being a boy mm-hmm. or like making mistakes. Sense, yeah. I just was like, oh, I know. I felt like an adult. I felt like a little adult. I was like, oh yeah. So what we need to realize is that the life you're living now is probably worth commenting on if you're being earnest. Yeah. What's that noise? People are just in the store? Yeah. Oh, they, they play playing D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Are you feeling done? I feel like we're done. Wait, we started at 10. Yeah, it's an hour and a half. Yeah. I don't, our last one was so long. Was it? I think our last one was like almost two hours. To, yeah, I think our last one was like it was very, very long. I feel like people, if they liked this one, should go back and listen to the first one as a, I think as a prequel, and then uh, and then listen to this one as Did well. You, okay, sure. I don't know. I'm into that. I do a lot of these, Mike. I don't need to. I don't need to pull it out of you. You. Oh, you want more? No, <laughs> I don't want. No more. more than this. I'm fine. Did you tell the hardest time you laughed story last time you did the show? No. Do you ask people for that? Yeah. Oh, it's a new one. What's the hardest time I've laughed? What you should have said was muffins. I don't know. You well, you you kind of alluded to it. You said the hardest times I've laughed yeah, are with things like with that my family don't make any sense. Night, yeah, I mean, my wife and I. I mean, I talk about this in the news show. It was like, you know, we have so many jokes that are only funny to us. Like this summer, this past summer, we went on a trip to Massachusetts, and I called it Catsachusetts, <laughs> and. Which is not funny, but in our house was the number one joke of the year. <laughs> I was like, we're going to Massachusetts. My wife is like, ah! I'm like, ah! Our cat's like, ah! Everyone loves a good pun when you have a cat. So, But there's, no, there's not even logic to it. There's not a lot of cats in Massachusetts. No, but we were bringing our cat, Ivan. Oh, so so that, we called, that, we told Ivan we were going to Massachusetts. That was like a, it's, that was like a it's piece a cat, missing. Like it's, that like, piece yeah, missing. it's like a cat resort. Catsachusetts. So disappointed. It's part of a much longer story, but but I feel like I feel like when you have a cat, your barometer for humor just out the window. It's just gone. <laughs> Everyone loves a good pun when you have a cat. You know, we laugh. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, and so we laugh. We spent we spent a lot of time laughing about our our cat. Yeah, I understand. Well, I, I feel I feel fine. I feel good. I feel I'm very happy for you and your television show. Did you guys get picked up for more uh, episodes? Yeah, I just I'm just waiting. It's that weird waiting thing again. Do you, do you have is that part of your 4:30 anxiety right now? Uh, it's not helping, but I, I I'm not normally unpacking that because I have no control over that. But I do have control. It's usually things I have control over. Yeah. So you you're know, waiting to hear. Yeah, we're waiting to hear. It's 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 similar to the last time when we made the pilot. We thought we would hear quickly, like, uh, and then when we did the first season or first run, we also thought we would hear quickly. I still think we'll hear quickly, but it wasn't like immediately. Right. This well, is... the TBS people are probably busy having uh, breakfast meetings in the hotel of my uh, <laughs> my breakfast hotel nook. That's where I'm going now. Actually, <laughs> I have a. I have a meeting. It's a, a terribly executed joke. No, I liked it. It was one of those jokes where I had the idea in my head, but the sentence 
the sentences that came out of my mouth did not correspond with the idea. I've been there. Oh, it's the worst. Many times. Yeah, so we're just waiting. So it's a weird... It's like a, it's like a concert pianist just like like bashing his head on the keys. <laughs> being like, does this sound like anything? <laughs> that reminds me of Burr's bit when your spell check doesn't even have a guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he goes, please tell me you just hit your head on the keyboard. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, this is great, Mike. I, I appreciate it. I and love you. I love you too, man. No, don't give me the I love you too. I love you. That's, I buy that. This is like a Meisner technique thing. Is it? Well, no. In, in Meisner technique, it's an acting yeah. method where you have to say your line to the person until they believe it. Oh. And then they say it back. So it'd be like this. It'd be like, it'd be like I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> wait, wait. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> You're a fun time at the movies. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. 